and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Avengers Infinity War, but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, it's pretty simple. We like to talk about games, but also movies, and especially these kinds of movies, I guess. So, yeah, Avengers Infinity War. It's the big one, right? It is. Um... <laughs> Um, and before we get into spoilers, um, just so you know, listeners, most of this cast will be spoilers, but uh, initial impressions, uh, buddy, what are your initial impressions? Or what, what's, what's your, uh, in a word review, I guess? You know, tiresome. <laughs> Oof. I am, I am not very positive on Infinity War, folks. Uh, but that is, I, I kind of recognize that this is something that is kind of unique to me. Um, probably in the same way that, like, I, I am sold on movies like Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman and the rest of the culture isn't. I am not super sold on this movie. Um, and I feel like it, it's... Yeah. I've really soured on it in the past two days since I watched it. Um, so, you'll probably like it a lot more than me. That's some of those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge... I am a big fan of this movie. I think it has a lot of flaws. Um... Uh, it reminds me a lot, actually, of uh, of The Last Jedi in that way, actually. Um, See, I was thinking this is the exact same thing, except now I'm on the other side. You know what I mean? On The Last Jedi, I was like, oh, all of these butthurt Star Wars fans can go fuck themselves, right? But on this time, I'm like, oh, this has ruined everything. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Though um, not quite that dramatic. Um, I really liked the movie. Um, I thought that the... Basically, that the... Uh, the sum, like the the whole, was greater than the sum of its parts. Um, that allowed me to look past a lot of the the problems. Um, and so I'd give this uh, a big thumbs up. I'd write, especially especially if you if you have been watching all of these Marvel movies, you should go see this movie. If only just to like kind of like get the sweet payoff for having stayed with the series for ten years. Um, and on the flip side of that, just kind of as, as an early note, if you haven't seen any of these movies, don't start with this one. Uh, it's it's yeah, not. Yeah, this one a, will make zero fucking sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um uh, uh. Actually, I want to address that re- real quick. Um. There was I, I saw that some New Yorker piece was basically like was basically trashing on the movie for expecting that you had. Um. The quote was like that you had seen the movie and that you had thought about it afterwards and presented it like a negative thing. Uh, do you do you feel like that's a problem? Like it, um, the it, overall point of that New Yorker piece, which is essentially that I mean, it's kind of criticizing it because unless you know all of the continuity coming into it, it is easy to kind of fall by the wayside. And I and I have to give Infinity War some credit. I think other Marvel movies are worse about this than Infinity War is. For instance, I think. Iron Man 3 or Cap- or Civil War, right, would be harder movies to get into without the context of, you know what I mean, like the earlier ones. Um, I, I, can't, I can't imagine somebody walking into Civil War without seeing both Captain America films, without seeing all three Iron Man films, and without seeing both Avengers films that were all out at that time. And to, and to kind of place a seven-film backlog... Um, is a pretty daunting thing, I feel like. Um, but I think Infinity War does a better job than uh, than Civil War does, um, and uh, and then some of these other kinds of sequ- like 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 I said, like Iron Man three or whatever does. Um, and 
so at the end of the day, it is a problem, but it's kind of like. I, I, I think I think yeah. more, more more my point is 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 it okay for a, a a movie or any other piece of media to ask that of you to ask that you have some knowledge of the of the of the previous work before you jump into it? Yeah, yeah. I that to me this is the primary reason that comics are fun and interesting, right? If like like people talk about like oh I want to get into comics but I really don't like you know, like, all of the continuity bullshit, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like memorizing random trivia off, like, Wikipedia pages. And then, and, and, and I understand where that kind of comes from, but to those kinds of people, I'm always like, well, that's it's the kind of, point. Yeah. If yeah. you are someone who does, like, memorizing random trivia off of Wikipedia pages, like me, right, like, comics are great for you because it, it gives you that outlet for that, you know what I mean? And that kind of, like, rabbit hole for, if there is any question, the Star Wars is also a little bit like this, if there is any, like, question that is open-ended in the universe, right, you can go down some, like, in crazy, crazy rabbit hole of, like, lore uh, to find, you know, an answer, right? Yeah. And we have, and we have taken that model, right, and we have kind of uh, transposed it into... Um, uh, transposed it into film, right? Like, it was transposed into television first, uh, specifically with the DC Animated Universe, uh, like the Batman Animated Series, Superman, and then the Justice League, Batman Beyond, right? Like, all of that stuff got super continuity-laden. Um, and now we're kind of seeing it in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. And I also feel like... And I, and I kind of understand if you are somebody from the 90s, or something like that. Like, if you're kind of an older, like, 40s film critic and you got into film because of things that aren't, like, dweeby like this, you know what I mean? Like, and so your idea of a cool action movie is Terminator. It's not, you know, Spider-Man or whatever kind of thing. Um, I understand how that can be kind of, like, off-putting for people like that, but the, the culture has spoken as far as I'm concerned, right? Even movies that are not well regarded still make hundreds of millions of dollars because of this stuff right uh and so i don't know i think it is a i understand where it's coming from but i definitely i think it's it's missing it's 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 kind of complaining that the zeitgeist has moved away from uh from these people yeah i i think i agree with that um i don't want to spend too much more time on that i just kind of wanted to get your take on it um uh, let's dive into the meat of this. Um, just, you know, for everybody listening, uh, spoilers, massive spoilers for uh, Infinity War. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, stop this podcast right now and go see that movie um, if you want to see it before you get spoiled. Uh, otherwise, uh, stick around. Uh, and hopefully I've given you enough time to stop this podcast so you don't get spoiled. So let's uh, let's jump into it. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about first, buddy? I don't want to talk about any of it first. Can we just do, can we just switch topics? Let's talk about Far Cry. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, um, I, let, I want to, st let's start with something positive. What's something I thought? Okay. So, okay. So this is something I actually do want to bring up because it's really important. I feel like, and I, and I, and I, there is good stuff in this movie, even though I'm kind of like overall a little thumbs down on it. Um, Specifically, I thought the action in this movie was spectacular, and I was really happy with it. Uh, especially coming off of Thor Ragnarok, um, and also Black Panther. Both of those, I thought, were not good action films. Um, 
where they kind of uh, and and I've I've almost kind of co- like codified my ideas a little bit about this into kind of like categories almost because there's a, there's a there's a kind of like <clears throat> like I almost want to call it like focus action right which is this kind of like sweeping but like stationary but like not stationary but like you know like not not shaky cam not handheld not not anything like that right where, where the the camera looks at a hero and kind of moves around that hero this is what all both avengers movies are like uh age of ultron and um the first avengers movies are like this right like the the action is very focused on the characters right and the camera is like locked on those characters so like when you're watching like shit happen right you are watching it and the camera only moves when like the characters move or whatever and i kind of understand that in a way but to me it just it just looks terrible because it robs any kind of like real momentum from things um and you're gonna kill me but the the opposite approach to this and the approach that i think get, that gets used here in infinity war i think i would call like impact action filmmaking where the focus of the camera is specifically on on that impact right um, and this is why I like Man of Steel and BVS so much because there is it all of the all of the action filmmaking is that stuff right where you know Superman flies in and he hits General Zod and at the moment of hit the focus of the camera moves from Superman to Zod right and so like as the force of the punch goes through the camera kind of follows it and then you kind of couple that with like some handheld work or whatever or like some of like the snap zooms and stuff like that to kind of like place you a little bit more concretely in the context of the of the action um and there was a lot of that you know what i mean when the when like the ring first popped up in new york there was a whole bunch of that um, there was a bunch of that on the planet Titan showdown where Iron Man, half of the guardians, Dr. Strange and Spider-Man are all facing off against Thor or sorry, sorry, are all facing off against Thanos or whatever. Um, there was a lot of this kind of filmmaking, right? Where like somebody would punch Thanos and the camera would shake from the shockwave. Do you know what I mean? Or like the camera is at, as at level and it is following behind Tony. Like you are running behind Tony when he's when he's running out into the streets of new york do you see what i'm saying yeah, that, yeah. And, and so and so i think all that stuff very very good and i was very pleased with it and i almost kind of expect that i will in like a year from now once the kind of sour taste of this has kind of like washed out i'll probably be able to get into this um just purely on that aesthetic level like i like i bet i could just put infinity war on in the background and be and just kind of like ignore all of the dumb shit because we'll have moved on you know like we'll have hit infinity war 2 and there'll be some other marvel movies or whatever and so like the sting of how i feel like this ruined stuff um will kind of be gone um and i'll probably be able to just like enjoy it purely from that like aesthetic uh kind of like this is a solidly well shot action movie like vantage point but for now i just it's hard because like i really do feel like they just ruined some stuff all right well um i don't don't have a lot to say about about the action i am um kind of bad actually at picking up on 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 the differences on these kinds of things unless it's really obvious um 
and uh, I just I, I I see what you're saying, and I, I understand like the the things that you're talking about. I just I just don't actively notice them as much when I'm viewing the movie itself. Um, but I want to know what you think ruined. What, what's this movie ruined? Okay, so they ruined Guardians of the Galaxy. To be how honest. Did, how did they you, ruin Guardians of the Galaxy? So, um, specifically with Gamora's death and, like, paying off this whole thing with, like, Gamora and Star-Lord in this Avengers movies feels insanely cheap. Because it's been built up for two movies in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And it's one of the best aspects. I mean, man, if there's any movie that I've come around on, right, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. I was such a shithead about that when it first fucking came out, right? But the first two Guardians movies are really good. Um, and part of what makes them so good, I think, is that they are simultaneously, like, like using kind of Chris Pratt's, like, natural sort of, like, Andy Dwyer immature man-child shtick um, to be disarming, right, and to be right. charming and for, like, laughs and stuff like that. But the movie is also pretty explicitly, like, critical of it in places, right? Um, and so, like, a big part of this is that, like, Star-Lord and Gamora are close to getting together in both movies, but they, they don't, right? And the single reason, that, like, the, the most important reason that they don't is because Star-Lord is immature, right? Like, she kind of can't get over his immaturity. There's something about him that she is attracted to, right? But there's also something about him that kind of keeps her at arm's length. Right, right, right. And so the first two movies, you have him. The first movie is all about his mother, right, coming to terms with the death of his mom. The second movie is all about his dad coming to terms with, you know, uh, the dad that he wanted and the dad that he got, kind of thing, right. And in neither movie is Star Lord is there a payoff where Star Lord kind of has has a moment of his own sort of like immaturity, right. Um, and we get past that. And then Infinity War, that moment comes, but it was incredibly unearned, as far as I'm concerned. First of all, it was undercut with this joke about Drax, right? Like, at the height of this, like, you know, the, the, the romantic tension between the two of them, right? She's, she's, she's telling Star-Lord to kill her, right, if Thanos gets her ha his hands on her, right? And then... Th this thing with Drax, and it's funny, and I get it, and I get that the joke is funny, but it super undercuts, like, the emotion of that moment, right? See, and, I think... Go for it. For, for the and the, like, I, they just don't grapple with this thing that's been set up in his character, right, going forward. Like, she basically is like, hey, listen, I'm gonna need you to not be immature for a minute. And he's like, okay, fine. And it's like, wait, is that it? Is that this, like, huge moment of, like, character change in Star-Lord? Because she just point-blank asks him not to be immature? No, that's that's awful. They just didn't have the time to give this the kind of moment that, he, that it needs, right? So it wanted a moment, but it couldn't earn a moment, and... Therefore, it fell flat, and I don't, and I hate it. I don't like it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the moment actually came when he 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 went to sh when he went to shoot Gamora, um, and it, it, like like when he actually had to pull the trigger, and that felt a lot better to me, um, because there you know there there wasn't anything else in there, right? Like that that it was just like it, it was just him like pulling the trigger and like it not working because Thanos had altered reality or whatever i mm. feel like it centered more around that moment and that was and and it felt better there i also 
I, 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 see, I think it felt awful there because the fucking bubble joke. Maybe this is just the the. I'm, so, so shout out to Larry, friend of the cast, who got an who had an extra ticket to uh, Avengers at the Cinerama Dome. Like a, it's like a famous big curved dome theater in in LA, and so I went to see it with him. Um, and stuff like that, where I almost kind of was like, oh. I, I, like, I, this isn't necessarily working for me, but I kind of get what they're going for. It always, like, ended with this laugh. And I was just like, fucking Christ, you See, guys. The, the, hate the, that. Like, so, so I get what you're saying with Drax, but I don't think it applies to the bubbles. Because the bubbles aren't like a, ha-ha, this is goofy joke. It's a Thanos is mocking Chris Pratt, or uh, Star-Lord, like, thing, right? Like, it's, it's much darker. Um, like yeah, the bubbles, you know, it got a, it got a laugh at the theater. I just was like, I mean, <laughs> you, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I don't think you can like weigh things on what people in the theater laugh at. Like I had people clapping in my theater. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I know. Actually, um, I, I do want to just complain about that for a second. Where I probably missed like a whole bunch of shit because there were lots of like hoops and hollerings and stuff like that. Um, and and, and uh, uh, I, I enjoy yeah. that in some movies, right? Like I lo- like my theater was like that for John Wick too, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, but like this movie, I was just like, uh, yeah, it's, they can't hear you clapping. It's 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 yeah. It's, it got it got super tired. Steve, Ooh, excuse me. It got super tiresome because there it was such a common thing. You know what I mean? Like in the Force Awakens, when they show Han and Chewie or whatever, and like people go insane for that. Okay. And then maybe when they show like Leia or whatever, but there's really not too many of those kinds of moments in like the force awakens, but in infinity war, Holy fuck. Yeah. There are 40 fucking characters. (coughs) Yeah. And everybody has a favorite of them, right? Including me. And I want to say that this is another strong point of the movie, which is that like, which character did you clap for buddy? Yeah. Like the movie explicitly gave every character kind of like their own moment of awesome. Right. Which is sort of the point. And it's very fan servicey to do this. Right. But like if any of the Marvel characters thus far, including many of the supporting characters like Falcon, you know what I mean? Or like war machine or whatever. Like if war machine is your favorite character, like he gets a moment. Right. Or if Dr. Strange is, or if Thor is, or if Iron Man is or or whatever. Um, and, and that's pretty cool. Um, but not if it's Ant-Man and it's not, yeah, right. Uh, well, Ant-Man gets his whole movie after this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later because I've got to that stuff later. Um, but, uh, but the, so I, I do think that that is like neat. Uh, for, for the record, the Doctor Strange moment worked like gangbusters for me. I just want a quick shout out, um, that Doctor Strange uses one of his trademark maneuvers in this movie, uh, called the Crimson Bands of Cytorak. Um, which is the thing he was using to, like, pull on Thanos when, like, Mantis was, like, fucking, like, mind-melding him or whatever. Like, those, like, rubber band things that he was that he was creating. Those are actually, like, a long-time Doctor Strange spell um, called the Crimson Bands of Cytorak. And it's super... And it's extra interesting because Cytorak is also the, like, extra-dimensional deity that empowers this crystal that gives the Juggernaut his powers in the X-Men comics. Fun fact. Um... And uh, and then Thor, when Thor arrives with um, his new hammer at the at the battle in in Wakanda, uh, I thought that was great. Uh, and I also like that an Thor. Axe. It's yeah, not a hammer. It's both. Fucking Christ! It's actually based. So it's actually based off of um, the hammer slash axe that Thor uses in Ultimate Thor, <clears throat> which I think is great and very cool because Ultimate Thor is uh, like the the whole reason I'm a Thor fan in the first place. Um, and so that, that, that was cool. That was very awesome. Uh, 
yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's got a lot of great moments in. Um, uh, just to kind of wind back to the original point, like I think that the the bubble moment, right, like was not supposed to be like a, a laugh out loud funny moment. It was it was supposed to be a moment of darker humor. And I think I don't know. At least from I, I, it it felt that way to me, and I I think it like enhanced the scene rather than detracted for it. Like I like I I I understand that criticism. I think it applies to a lot of places in a lot of these movies, but I don't think it applies to that particular moment. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if I had seen it in a different crowd who was kind of taking it a little bit more, more seriously and didn't laugh. If I had like how I wonder I wonder how much of that is my crowd and how much of that is because yeah I, I don't know how you laugh at that moment though right like it's this extremely emotional moment where like he shows that he's willing to go the distance and kill her and like it's not like it's not out like the camera doesn't play it as a goofy moment right like the camera plays Drax the Drax moment as a goofy moment and I don't know I I thought it was well done it, it, it tugged at my heartstrings um in a lot of ways uh. Speaking of which, just kind of in general, I, I want to say that I think that Thanos as a character himself is is pretty well done. Um, yeah. I really, though I have to say I'm a little freaked out that people keep saying that Thanos is really relatable, <laughs> which I was like, hmm, what? Like yeah. genocidal? Like <laughs> also, like I thought his character, like as a character, he was good, but his plan, if you think about it, for more than like, oh yeah, three seconds, retarded. it doesn't make, it doesn't any make sense. Like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say retarded, but I mean, it's just is really super dumb and doesn't make any sense. Like, he has the reality, Jen, make there be more resources in the world, right? Or decrease the amount of resources that all of life needs in order to survive or, you know, just like any, just anything else, man. I mean, even, even if I just kind of accept on face that, like... There's like this is the only solution, right? Like that, like reduction of the population is a solution that needs to be used to solve the overpopulation problem. The way he goes about it doesn't make sense, right? Like you just cut out fifty. It, it, he didn't say, you know, you cut out like fifty percent of people from each planet or whatever, or like you know, um, like there's just like. If you and he, he makes a big deal that it's at random, right? If you cut out fifty percent of the of, of the universe's population at random, there's no guarantee that you actually solve any of these problems, right? Like you could potentially leave one planet with nobody on it and one planet with nobody killed from it, and you know, like and you know, de like details of of how universally at random works. It just doesn't like account for any of the things. That, like you know, not every planet's going to be at a point where they're overcrowding, right? Like. And it's not a permanent solution. Like they could have fixed, they could have fixed like half the problems by, you know, they ask him what he's going to do afterwards. And the answer should be like, wait until I need to do it again and then do it again. And I would have liked that answer. But then he's just like, no, I'm going to wake up to a grateful fucking universe. Like what the, f like, yeah, what? <laughs> it's I very dumb. I mean, this is the other thing that, that bugs me about this movie. It is about exactly nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, there is no greater, like, <coughs> like theme or anything that I can really kind of like tie into any of the rest of this. And that is, you know, like, like that's kind of a, a me thing maybe. Um, but it's one of those things where I appreciate Thanos and I think Thanos is, is interesting and cool. Um, and I liked Thanos as a villain for the most part. 
um, especially in the in the kind of like ranks of all these you know like garbage Marvel villains. And I'm glad that he at least kind of got an ethos, even if it even even if it's one that doesn't really make sense. Um, well, like the, the, I, I think the underlying motivations make sense. I just don't think like the execution makes sense. Yeah. But like you can't, and you can't even like pull it out at, in any way. Like at least with like okay, so like with Zod, right? Like at least I can kind of say okay, well Zod is a fascist, right? And that therefore this movie is making comments about fascism, right? And it's not insanely subtle. Like all of his yeah. dudes are like Germans or whatever, and he's talking about essentially like Lebensraum, like you know what I mean? Like he's basically quoting Mein Kampf to fucking Superman as Superman is like sinking into a sea of skulls, like you know what I mean? And like you can pull some of that. Like I like I'm okay with kind of like jumping to to certain conclusions in order to kind of like make the metaphor work as as necessary and that happens in in other marvel movies right like people have been to like we talked about like the colonialism sort of thing in thor ragnarok right um or the the racial politics of black panther uh so it's definitely possible but i don't know i, 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 so I, I there really wasn't anything else to um so I, I think part of the problem is is that this is the first half of a movie essentially and I don't think you can really get good resolution on those types of things until the story's over, and it's quite clearly not, right? Like, this this is going to be finished next year, and when it's finished, I think then we can talk about the themes of kind of, like, of, of, of the Infinity War. And I think something, the thing that they're trying, starting to build towards is, like, I don't know, they say it a couple of times, and I think this is kind of where they're going with is we don't trade lives, which kind of uh, applies yeah. to this. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. It's probably the strongest one, which is essentially that the Avengers are unwilling to sacrifice in Thanos is. Um, the Avengers are presented with this moment with the Vision where the Vision is like, no, please, fry this stone in my brain. Let's deprive Thanos of it kind of thing. And, you know, Steve Rogers is like, no. And then Thanos gets to this super fucking, this, like, thing on, like, Vormir, um, with, like, the Red Skull of all people, um, where he tosses, you know what I mean? Like, he is willing to sacrifice what he loves and the Avengers aren't, and therefore, you know, Thanos wins, the Avengers kind of need to learn this lesson. That's probably the strongest thing that you could, like, piece together, but it's, like, so buried under everything else that it's just kind of, like... I, I I think it's I think it's because going to, because Star Lord is willing to sacrifice Gamora. You know what I mean? It's so muddled. It's so muddled that I that it like destroys me. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, and I, then and then Doctor Strange is willing to sacrifice this time stone. Ah, I like I, even every time this happens, like I try like get some purchase on like oh maybe there's like something more to this or whatever. I think of like every other instance of the movie where it's like you know completely contradicted. I I, I think we're going to get there. Um, like, I, I, I think this is, the way I think this is going to shake out in, um, Infinity War 2, whatever they're fucking going to call it, is, uh, like, the original event, like, if you notice, suspiciously, the people that didn't get randomly quote-unquote killed are the original Avengers. Yeah. And they are going to sacrifice them, like, you know, they're wholly unwilling to sacrifice anybody, right? Like, like, if they had bothered to break vision stone like when he said to he thanos wouldn't have had as much opportunity i don't know how the time stone works but he wouldn't have had as much opportunity at least to mm -hmm. go retrieve it um instead they tried to hold the last moment and it fucks them um and so uh i think what's going to happen in the next movie is they're probably going to you know he's take 
Thanos is taking it to excess, but the the original Avengers are going to sa like sacrifice themselves in, in some way. Uh, they're going to sunset those characters, um, and uh, it's going to be about the they're going to bring back the other ones, and it's going to be all about them. Um, now that I've mentioned, let's jump into that. I know that you feel negatively about them not foreshadowing bringing yeah. them back. Um, yeah, we talked uh, about this a little bit in the BBS episode yeah. from two years ago. Um, my, th this is mostly born out of kind of like comics, my, like my comics reading, um, where death is very rarely permanent, but pretty commonly this kind of chain of events happens. This happened specifically with Captain America, um, where at the end of Civil War, you know what I mean, in Captain America 25, um, Captain America is shot through the chest by crossbones with like a 50 caliber sniper rifle, like dead on a court, dead on the courthouse steps or whatever. Ed Brubaker, uh, who is the person who is responsible for kind of like reviving Captain America in the mid 2000s is like a really interesting kind of nuanced political thriller, right? Like the Winter Soldier is a creation of Ed Brubaker. Um, set, goes on a press tour about it or whatever, and he says to all like the comics outlets, he's like, "Yep, the, the, Steve Rogers is dead, right? Like, we're, there's a new Captain America now. Bucky takes over as Steve Rogers or whatever. There's a new Captain America now, um, and people need to, you know, like move. You know, people like need to move on, kind of thing. Two years later, um, uh, the Return of Captain America miniseries is announced, written by Ed Brubaker, and Ed Brubaker goes on another, like, small press tour where he says, yep, it was always the plan the whole fucking time to bring Captain America back. Definitely. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's that kind of deceit that is implicit. You know what I mean? Like, this is an instance where it's explicit, but it is that kind of deceit that is implicit when you kill c characters that you know you are bringing back that always fucking pisses me off, right? Uh, and the counterexample to this is where you do the thing where you go, hey, listen, don't worry, audience, this person is going to come back, right? Like, so, for instance, in Final Crisis, which is written by Grant Morrison, um, Batman dies, he, he picks up a god-killing gun and breaks his firearm rule for, like, once in his life and shoots Darkseid with the god-killer gun and then dark side hits him with the omega beams and like he gets like fucking like fried or whatever superman carries out batman's like corpse um and then uh at the end of the issue there's like a small there's like a, a splash page after like all like the, the ads and shit um that is bruce wayne um in like caveman times or whatever like with just his like utility his like utility belt and pants and like you know no cape or cowl or something like that and so that is a tip off to the readers like hey listen bruce wayne's coming back right you you don't need to worry too much about him being him being dead we are going to move forward with the universe under the expectation right like all of the characters in universe are behaving as though batman just died right and this is when dick grayson takes over as batman right there's battle for the cowl where a whole bunch of different batman um show up that like all the different people who want to take over kind of thing right so the universe is going to move forward with that but you know we we just want to let you know he's coming back kind of thing we're not trying to trick you sort of thing that is is the proper way to deal with it in my estimation and specifically for the instance of we know these characters are coming back right if you're killing a character and then five years later some other writer retcons it back okay that's sucky but like it's a little bit different because like at least the attention at the time was to kill them permanently sort of thing um but what really rubs me the wrong way is like fucking we know that these guys 
are in other movies. Like, Spider-Man has another movie in production. Doctor Strange has a sequel. Black Panther's fucking getting a sequel. Like, everybody knows that all of this is temporary, right? All you have to do is have, like, a modicum of understanding and have read, like, the movie's subreddit once in the last year kind of thing. <coughs> and so... Uh, and so it just feels cheap that it's not at least, I don't know, it just feels cheap. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you hard on this one. Um, first of all, like, as kind of an overarching point, one, I don't think it's a problem to leave it ambiguous, um, regardless if you know what, like, like, if as the author you know what's going to happen, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a problem to leave it ambiguous. Two, I, I think that when you hint, that it's you you hint something like the end of BVS where they show Superman's coffin like that undercuts the emotional kind of despair that I'm feeling at the moment um in a way that robs that emotional moment from me um kind of in my gut you know like like in my head I know that like whatever he's probably not really dead um same thing with with, with Avengers, like, I know that they're not actually going to kill these characters off, but it still hits me in my gut. And I would, I would argue that the fact that I know that they are going to come back is, like, the fact that I know that these new movies are announced is that kind of hint to me that I know that they're coming back, and that's fine, right? Like, it's not like, you know, Marvel head, studio head came out and said, uh, you know, nope, Black Panther's dead forever, we canceled the Black Panther movie because he actually died and it was all a ruse and they put it out anyway or anything. Like, we know that that's going to happen and so that's my tip-off and it leaves intact the gut punch that I feel at the moment in the movie even though my, you know, my, my, uh, you know, my, my, my rational head knows that it's not permanent. It still affects me on an emotional level and putting that hint in the movie would undercut and destroy that moment for me and so I think it's, it's better to have the movie... Like, have the, the the movie pretend... Because the movies in the universe have the movie pretend that it's all permanent until the, the heroes think of think up of their genius plan or whatever. Um, yeah, I can't do that because that pulls me out. That's what happened. As soon as it, as soon as soon these people started dying... At first, I was like... I was a little bit like, holy shit. Because they were killing, like, the first couple of characters that died um, were people like Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Like, like expendable characters. And you can right. kind of expect, like... I was like, oh, man. Like, there's actually a lot of fodder for these kinds of characters to, like, die and not come back. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought that that was really interesting because it's like, yeah, of course you could kill Vision. Of course you could kill the Scarlet Witch. You know what I mean? Like, of course you could kill Drax and still have a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like, we all know Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is moving forward and coming out in two years or whatever. Like, yeah, but maybe that's without Gamora and Drax. You know what I mean? Um, but then once they killed, you know what I mean? I think it was Black Panther first. Or maybe it was Peter first. I can't remember. It was like Spider-Man. But it was, it was killed, Black Panther. It was Black Panther because like that, that was also the moment for me where I was like, whoa. Yeah, when, um, when they killed Black Panther, that's when I was like, I, I immediately got taken out of the movie because I was like, I know there's a Black Panther sequel in development. You know what I mean? There's no way that this is permanent now. And then I, immediately I, I had no emotion for like any of the other ones. I do want to give I do want to give the filmmakers some credit, by the way, um, because maybe the hint is Doctor Strange, um, where Doctor Strange says does the thing with the time stone. He looks at all the, like the different universe uh, like 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 ways that this works out, and Doctor Strange says there's no other way. Right before he dies or whatever, maybe that's the hint, 
and I might feel better if the payoff is that, right? Uh, I'm not quite solid enough in saying that I think that that is the, the proper interpretation of those um, – the, 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 that's the proper interpretation of those things. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, but if it is, I might feel better about it in, in like I, Infinity War 2. I, I think it is. I think the only other explanation for that line is that Doctor Strange has decided to side with Thanos. Um, and I think if that's the case, um, they make it a little bit more explicit than kind of one line. Um, I, I, I think that I, I, I think that that's probably what's going to happen is that um, this is the timeline that Doctor Strange predicted. Um, uh, but um, regardless, I, 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 to me, the, the version I didn't be in BVS makes me stop caring. Like while I'm still going through, through that emotional moment. Um, and it, see, that's crazy to me because there's like 20 minutes of movie since super <clears throat> from Superman's death through his funeral and shit, you know what I mean? Right. Before you get to the before you get to like the coffin. Sure, but like a movie sticks with you past the end like the the end of the movie, right? Like like I don't know, at least for me, I feel like a lot of kind of like the like the the, the feeling of the digestion of the movie doesn't happen while it's happening. It happens in like the hours that follow, right? Like, sure, sure. Yeah, like, I guess in a way it is literally the opposite because that moment yeah. in BVS preserves the feeling for me in a way because it's kind of like this thing that it because it if i have any feeling you know man i'm trying to remember what i thought when i first felt that because at the time we didn't know you know what i mean like we just didn't know what other things looked like and i kind of bought it but i also kind of knew that there was a resurrection i guess at the time because it's so like i it was so obvious with the jesus stuff um, that I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna get resurrected, um, <clears throat> kind of thing. And so, but like, it kind of preserves the, it kind of preserves it all in world in a way, because once I get like a, a diegetic, like, once I get like a diegetic kind of like hint or whatever, in a way, whatever pulls me out because I know Black Panther 2 is in development, pulls me back in, in a way. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I also think I see the other big part of this is that I think a lot of the emotional core of that moment is baked into that moment between Tony Stark, excuse me, and Spider Man. Yeah, I and think. I have to say, I think I just don't like Iron Man. I think this is my bedrock problem with the Marvel okay. Cinematic Universe. I just fucking hate Iron Man. He's such a dick, and he's the worst. And so I never can get into like his moments emotionally. And so like the whole bedrock of that of that you know the 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 foundation of this emotional moment being like peter being like M mr stark as he like fades into ash or whatever i was like nope pff, boring like you know what i mean like, this really had no connection to that at all yep no, well it's confirmed but he has no soul uh <laughs> yeah. no i mean uh, i was I, yeah like i was more moved i was definitely more moved by the um uh, the look on God, what, what is her face like? Okoye's face, like oh, when there's like bodyguard, mm -hmm. when because you think that it's gonna be her because it's been all the right, side right. characters, and then she gets this look of horror as she watches like T'Challa fade away, and I was like, oh, whoa, like. But I connected to you know, like that's the thing. I connected to T'Challa in a way that I don't really connect with with Iron Man, and I think honestly, Iron Man is like a fucking black hole for me in this movie because like, I like part of what sinks the Guardian stuff for me is that I. 
didn't super like the stuff on Titan where kind of half the team was fighting Thanos. And I liked some of the Guardian stuff. Like, dude, I could fucking watch Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy banter back and yeah. forth all day. That shit was great. And it is the perfect place to have that kind of, by the way, it is the perfect place to have that kind of humor in a Marvel movie, right? Like, don't do fucking Drax chips in the middle of this, like, like, like the height of emotion between, you know, Gamora and Star-Lord, right? Don't do this, like, bubblegun thing or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, do, do that kind of stuff where it is kind of, like, tucked away in a moment of kind of, like, respite, not in a moment of high drama. Um, but then as soon as, like, Chris Pratt got on the, on the plan on Titan or whatever, like, with Iron Man and, like, Peter Parker and stuff like that, and maybe it was just that, like, so many of those guys were just, like, fucking quippy, I was just like, oh my god, this is insufferable. It's like I'm watching, like fucking like bad improv at college like my fr my one friend is like come to my improv show and i go to his improv show and it just like it is f i just want to like kill myself because it's so awful like that that's what that that's what that whole thing felt like and i don't think it's chris pratt i just think it's it's tony stark and spider-man i just think i i really don't like those guys and it really bugs me um though i will say well, dr strange was fucking great and i really like that he didn't take any of tony's shit um I will, for one, say that I am a fan of the Buttered Niblets, which was our college improv. I want to, okay, I do want to be clear that I guess I never saw a Buttered Niblets show, and I don't want to offend any of our Buttered Niblets friends. Um, <laughs> I have definitely seen really bad, cringy improv, but I don't, I'm not calling them out. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm just, I just, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Although, no, if any of you, though, if any of you went to high school with me and you know FNL, uh, Friday Night Live, you know what I'm fucking talking about. Okay, well, uh, shout out to to, to to New Jersey high schoolers. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Um, I also think that, like, I think that, that like, <coughs> the um, that half of the Guardians team just lost a lot of its... Soul without yeah, they should never more of their... those guys up. I thought that was really bad. Um, I, like, thought, I, uh... I, I, I think it worked with Gamora, like Chris Pratt, Gamora, Drax. I think mm -hmm. um, Star Lord. I don't know why I keep calling him by his actor name. Um, I think that worked relatively well. Although I was so something that I have that has been a pro I, problem I've had with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and really I think was highlighted in this movie. So I think Drax is a bad character um, in the MCU generally, especially when there's so many other like big strong guys in yeah as, as in in the movie like he's not he's not big enough to like beat out hulk or like probably even thor and they both feel kind of like the same they, they all feel kind of like this the the, the the same archetype there um i also think drax is one of the only characters that didn't get a moment like an action moment you know what i mean um yeah, well, the, also the, maybe did and i don't think rocket did either man the cardi's got fucking shafted in this movie dude um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Oh, Rocket, Rocket got the moment with, uh, with, uh, with Winter Soldier. Um, where, where Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. And, th yeah, because Groot was there. I, I, I like that stuff with Groot. And I thought yeah. the stuff with Thor's hammer and Groot was pretty good. Yeah. Or whatever. But I kind of just felt as though Thor, I, I kind of felt as though that should have been a localized story. Like a like a like where Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy, first they go and they get Thor's new hammer. Then they go confront that, like, 
Thanos on nowhere as like a whole group sort of thing. And like the moment could still be between, you know what I mean, like Chris Pratt and fucking uh Gamora and everything like that. But I just I like I don't know. There was there's like one too many like different groups. They kind of split it into four teams when I felt like three would have been would have been better. I also thought the Captain America team was Garbo. Uh yeah, I agree. That was kind of like the most generic team and not a lot of like stuff that I cared about happened with them. Um but I do want to finish my point about Drax. Um just because I really liked Drax in the Annihilation War comics that I have read. Um I read them all like I read a bunch of them in the lead up to Guardians of the Galaxy One. And I thought Drax was a really compelling character, especially kind of in the vein of like I really hate Thanos and I was built to destroy Thanos and that is my raison d'etre and you can get some interesting stuff with that. But in Guardians that's kind of like also Nebula and Gamora's shtick and they are more important than Drax. And so he in every single one of these movies, his moment of like I will stab Thanos is undercut by anything, literally anything. It has to be because he can't be the one to finish that, right? Like Yeah. And we don't we don't even get like we, we also don't get any of the buildup from him, right? Like we we don't see a lot of who he was and why he's so mad or whatever and it's it's i don't know i like i just think he's 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 mishandled yeah Drax was my favorite character uh in the in those comics he's part of the reason that i actually had a tough time with the original guardians movie because two of my favorite characters because there's two annihilation prequel comics one about drax um and another one about ronan the accuser and i love both of those characters yeah and and ronan got like man like i'm still mad about fucking ronan getting the shaft at least he's coming back in captain marvel um but uh, the uh, I, I I super feel exactly what 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 you're getting at, and it and it bothers me too. Um, I almost kind of wonder. There were some parts of this that I was just like, and here is because, and this moment is because of, you know, actors shooting schedules. You know what I mean? Um, where it's like like, and, and that's part of probably why I think they had to split up Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth. Like those dudes are just. You know what I mean? Like they're huge movie stars. Yeah. And getting them, like getting them both in the same place at the same time, that's gotta be rough from like a scheduling perspective or whatever. So like, yeah, maybe you do kind of have to break this off into kind of like, you know what I mean? Like the the Chris Pratt group and a bunch of minor characters who you can schedule around a little more easily. The Chris Hemsworth group, a bunch of minor, minor characters you can schedule around a little more easily, sort of thing. Rather than like getting your big, big, giant, super giant heavy hitters. Like Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Chris Pratt together. Yeah, no, I I definitely feel that. Um, also, every time I saw Steve Rogers, I thought it was John Krasinski. Um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, just because. Yeah, I, the other thing. I mean, the other thing that bothers me about Steve Rogers stuff is uh, is that they don't deal with the fallout of Civil War at all, which feels also shitty and cheap. Yes, yeah. We, we, uh, in fact, yeah. this is probably the core... Something... Um, so, uh, t- to farm out my opinion a little bit, um, a YouTuber named Lindsay Ellis said this, and I really kind of empathize with this, um, where she talked about uh, Inven- in, or Avengers um, uh, Infinity War, and she said... If 
fuck, I'm like looking through her tweets trying to find like the quote or whatever. Um, she said, I was a huge fan of comics in the late 90s and early 2000s. I bought them every week. But then events started becoming a thing. Then they started taking over other established storylines. Then I gave up on comics altogether because of events. I'm reminded of that this night. And that is, a, is something I super fucking feel. Because the... Um, uh, the way that this movie kind of writes off Civil War or whatever in, like, that jokey-joke interaction between, like, Rhodes and fucking... The hologram uh, generals. Yeah, the hologram secretary, secretary general of, like, the UN or whatever just felt like a huge middle finger. And in a weird way, it's a middle finger to themselves. They're the ones that made all of this shit, like continuity but it just feels like it's just taking a dump on the established continuity for the sake of like the event or whatever which is the number one thing that event comics do and fuck up and it sucks you know what i mean like you're in the middle of a really cool a really interesting story and then an event comic pops up and completely throws everything for a loop or whatever because they like ruin you know what i mean and this has happened in so many events right like like i've talked about um j michael straczynski's run on thor in the mid-2000s that was so fucking good it was amazing and it's the basis like j michael straczynski wrote the first thor script because of how amazingly good and successful this run was and then he he literally left the book because they were like hey we want to incorporate this whole thing this whole thor thing um into a giant event that we're planning and JMS was like no that ruins everything that I'm setting up and they were like well too bad and that kind of shit happens all the time and it drives me fucking insane and so and it's the same sort of thing as this like you know like Star-Lord and Gamora relationship that isn't paid off right like it's that you know what I mean it's they essentially took this moment that should be in the solo Guardians movies with a full movie worth of kind of like build up and payoff, right and they like shoehorned it in to like 15 total minutes of screen time between these two characters because there's so much shit to get done um and then and then and then like Civil War you know and I and I I I have a very complex relationship with Civil War and everything um but the promise of that movie going forward is this radical split in the Avengers, right? You have Tony's yeah. team who are right like who are lawful law enforcement officers of the UN essentially, right? And you have Cap's team who are fucking criminals and to hand wave it just feels super lame and shitty to me. I I I, also, by the way, Thor's fucking shit too. Man, they just ruined everybody on this because all of Thor's supporting cast like dies or whatever, and then the new supporting cast that he just picked up in Korg and Tessa Thompson uh, as Valkyrie—they don't even show up, you know. And we know they shot scenes for it. Like I know, I mean, because I follow this shit. Like we know they were on set for Avengers: Infinity War or whatever. So I guess they just cut out Thor's stuff for time or whatever. This is what bad event comics do. This is what fucking kills me you know what i mean yeah so i I, i'm with you on the thor thing because i think part of the problem with that is that like first of all thor dark world or not dark world thor ragnarok was was very recent and so and the movie appears to pick up immediately afterwards and that movie ends on a high note it's like just kidding murder everybody um and i i really didn't like that um also i think loki's death sucked um yeah like i was i was like oh so loki's going to swear fealty and then we're going to get some Loki tricksterness later in the film. And no, he tries to stab Thanos in the neck and then gets killed. I didn't like it. Um, uh, and then I agree with you on the Civil So the Civil War stuff 
bothered me more as a fridge moment than it did in at, at, in the moment or you know in the movie itself. Um, like as, while I was watching it, it didn't bother me. But but I I agree that it's not great writing, and I'm sad because of it. But I also don't think it ultimately takes away from my enjoyment um, of of the movie as as a whole. Um, just because I, I, it, it just like yes, that sucks for the continuity, but I don't. It didn't. It didn't aggravate me for this movie, if that makes sense. This is the way that some other things did. Um, uh, but maybe that's just me. Um, another thing I wanted to point out, um, just because I'm a giant Ant Man dweeb, is uh, this movie poisons the well for Ant Man and the Wasp so much. Like, yes, it takes place prior to it, but no one's going to give a shit because everybody's going to be like, well, what did they have to do with the Infinity War? Yeah, um, that's another thing that sucks about Event Comics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, otherwise, I think they've done it fine, right? Like, Ms. Marvel is coming out. Or not Miss Marvel. Uh, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel yeah. um, is coming out in. in and Captain Marvel is March. also a prequel, um, but, but which it's, I think it's smart because then she gets introduced to the to the universe proper in, in yeah. Avengers Infinity and it, War two. And it takes place in the nineties, right? It doesn't take place right before the Infinity War, which I think would have also been a mistake. It takes place in the nineties. Also, she's she's uh, what's it uh, predicted or foreshadowed by um, Samuel Jackson. Um, sending out the pager message uh, in 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 the post credit scene, which I actually thought was neat that they they they, they got him in there for that. Um, um, but I did want to end this. I wanted to end this on a high note because um, you know I really liked the movie, and I, I I really think one of the things this movie did really well was it felt epic. It felt like the culmination of a twenty movie series. Um, it, it and it, it handled for having forty something characters to deal with. I think it handled it really fucking well. Um, and like it's weird. Like during during the uh the Wakanda fight scene, right? Like the there's this big big battle between like all of our greatest heroes and like this invading force of of mooks. And uh, it reminded me actually of um of Pretty Player One of that final battle. Um, like if you restricted the to the to the Marvel movie space and like it was like you know everybody's here everybody's together everybody's like you know you you've got the Winter Soldier with the machine gun holding up Rocket Raccoon like Rocket Raccoon with like a space gun spinning around fighting back to back all that crossover goodness and it felt really that felt really good and I was really happy about that and this is what I'm talking about when I say like the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I think that despite all these things that we've talked about that the movie got wrong, I still think it managed to be a win for me because it managed to kind of pull in that that, that feeling of epicness and, and, and really embrace it. And I want to... I am dying to see the next Infinity War in a way that, like, I don't really care about Star Wars Episode Nine or Solo Star Wars Story. Um, and I love Star Wars, right? Like, I... I yeah. Um, yeah, I am not super interested. I, I guess I'm interested. Like, I, it's one of those. I kind of want to know what happens, but I'm not like pumped. You know what I mean? So like, the effect of the cliffhanger is working on me, but the effect of like, yeah, I don't know. I, I am interested to see what 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 comes next, and I do think that paring down the group, like I, I imagine that I will probably like a, a Infinity War two more. 
because I think paring down that group, like I love Age of Ultron, you know what I mean? Like people fucking shit on that movie all the time. Age of Ultron was my favorite Marvel movie for a long time. Um, and so I think kind of getting it back down to a kind of like singular core group um, who's doing like a singular core thing will be really, uh, you know, will be really helpful. Um, and I will probably like that one better, I think. I don't know. Man, I've, this, this movie is like... Oh, this movie was hard, I guess, for me. I got so many flashbacks to, like, bad event comics. And I didn't even want to be mean to event comics, because event comics are great. Like, I mean, people give Civil War shit. They give uh, Infinite Crisis shit. Infinite Crisis, Civil War, Blackest Night, all of these, I think, are pretty great um, event comics. Uh, and I will go to bat, and I will go to bat for them, but, like, man, there are also some real dud event comics out there, uh, and this just really gave me, like, insane, like, deja vu for, like, reading, you know, Avengers versus X-Men or something. Yeah, and, and maybe that's part of it, maybe, maybe you're too much of a super fan, like, I am aware of Civil War, and I, like, I've read Annihilation War, um, but I am not a, um, I'm not a big comics fan, and maybe that's part of the sauce. It's like I don't. Yeah, I, don't I think have that. that I think that peak. might be it. Yeah, I. Th- um, I mean, like maybe that is it because that's also the source of this whole thing about like death and resurrection. It's because like yeah. comics got me so fucking jaded on this shit. Because I mean, like the example with Captain America is emblematic of so many others. Like characters die and come back all the fucking times in comics that it's like its own meme or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm very sensitive to when this kind of shit happens because it always feels shitty to me. What, 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 there was, like, an old expression, right? Like, the only people that stayed in comics were, like, Bucky, Uncle Ben, and I forget the third one, and then, like... Barry Allen, and Barry Allen and Uncle Ben both came out. Uh, uh, Bucky. I'm sorry, Bu- Bucky, Bucky. Uh, sorry. Uncle Ben is still dead. Okay. Bucky and Barry Allen are both back. Yeah. Uh, Barry Allen came back in 2010 or something with Jeff Dunn's Flash Rebirth, and then Bucky came back with Ed Brubaker, like this guy that I'm talking about, yeah. uh, with the Winter Soldier. That was all him in, like, the mid-2000s. Um, <sighs> yeah, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, what's a good positive note to come back? I actually, I, so I, I really want to give some chops to Josh Brolin. In fact, I want to give some chops to Thanos in general, because even though, like, his plan is stupid and stuff like that, the overall construction of this movie where Thanos has a plan that is achievable in a way, um, I think is very good. Um, this is something that other, you know, like, Doomsday or Zod are not great at this aspect of things because like sure I feel the stakes of it because like the movie sells me on the stakes of you know like terraforming earth into Krypton or whatever or like you know that Doomsday can't be stopped by by you know nukes or anything like that right Superman can't just fly him into space um the like the kind of logical story fluent narrative fluent self-aware part of my brain knows that like okay well doomsday is just going to destroy the entire planet unless somebody defeats him you know what i mean like he has to get defeated right or you know if zod terraforms earth into krypton there is no sequel to this movie you know what i mean but like they created a version of things where thanos can win right he can do the, the snap his fingers and half of everybody disappears right without it breaking like <clears throat> without it kind of like breaking the the um the fabric of the universe itself and i think that that's clever um and that that's very cool and that it allow then that like making a version of things where thanos wins is uh is neat and i also think that josh brolin did really i think quiet contemplative 
you know, empathetic Thanos is really cool and not quite interesting. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have really any, anything interesting philosophically to say, or like ethically or anything along those kinds of lines, right? Um, outside of the fact that I like that he's not a psychopath or a sociopath, you know? And people keep calling him that, and I think that's actually wrong because Thanos accepts that what he is doing is wrong. You know what I mean? This is kind of what, it, what, and he feels the emotion, and he 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 feels for like the death that he's causing. But he he's like, I am charged with a really grim thing to do, and I understand how sucky that is, but I have to do it. And I think that that's a cool, um, you know, like that's a that's a cool thing, right? Uh, to kind of like have in your like in your villain. Um, and I think that when people say that they relate to Thanos or are sympathetic to Thanos or whatever, that's kind of what they're talking about. Because more often, right, villains are uncaring about everything else, right? Um, and whereas somebody like Killmonger, who I think does have a sympathetic point, like, yeah, like, he really went about this in all the wrong ways or whatever, but, like, I can understand how somebody's, like, motivated by that kind of, like, you know, oppression and shit like that. Um, and I feel for him in that, like, backstory or whatever. Um, I, I, Thanos works on that same kind of level, even though he doesn't have that same kind of, like, like, sympathetic basis like a Killmonger, or like Magneto, right? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you are a Jew who, you know, watched his mother get murdered in a concentration camp, you're probably not super keen on the idea of, you know, uh, peaceful relations between humans and mutants kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel that. There's my positive note. I ended on it. <laughs> uh, you didn't have to end on it. I wanted to end on one. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Avengers: Infinity War. Um, if you like, I don't know what you shouldn't have listened to this if you hadn't gone and seen it. Uh, whatever. Um, if you was, came here for our fucking opinions, there you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for the help, buddy. Um, how was your week? How was my week? My week was pretty good. I've been playing a ton of stuff, to be honest with you, um, compared to previous weeks where I've just yeah, been playing fucking too. like wow, uh, like. All this shit um, keeps coming. All this shit keeps coming out, and I and I'm playing it out. So I've been playing Far Cry, but we're gonna do an episode on that. The Witchwood stuff came out um, for real this time uh, with the solo adventures um, for four kind of made up classes, but that are effectively. Um, so it's actually kind of interesting, to be honest with you. Uh, so, so what the Witchwood should, classes should, are... Should we save this for... Because we are going to do an episode on, on Witchwood too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll save it for that. Uh, th so I've been playing that. Uh, and then the other one is Battletech that came out. Uh, Paradox game. I've been looking forward to it because it kind of... Um, well, it, it's a Harebrained game. Um, Harebrained did uh, Shadowrun... Uh, the two Shadowrun games is published by Paradox. It is, yeah, it is published by Paradox. Um, um, and it is also... Great um, team-up. It, it, yeah, it is a fantastic team up, uh, especially because it feels a lot like a paradox game. Uh, like they have a lot of uh, things like that are reminiscent of some of the other paradox stuff, like tyranny, for instance. They have this thing where like you know important lore things will be highlighted for you, um, and you can mouse over them to get kind of like a little blurb on what that stuff means. Like oh, if they mention like the Illyrian Commonwealth or some shit, you know what I mean? You can mouse over it and get an understanding of who those kinds of uh who those kinds of people are 
Um, the battle system is very complex, which I thought was great, uh, which I thought was really fun and interesting. Um, the way that you can customize your mechs and everything is super is super cool, super interesting. Uh, there's just a lot to dig into when it comes to BattleTech. Yeah, I've, I've played um, the opening mission um, uh, of BattleTech. That's that's all so far. Um, literally right before we recorded this, um, I will say it is like a paradox game, and that there are a lot of things on screen that I don't understand. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is exactly what I love about paradox games. Paradox games are not afraid to get complicated. Um, and we've talked in the past about how kind of like elegant design is when you have like a complex rule set that is like intuitive in a way. Um, Paradox is like, well, why would you sacrifice, you know, like why would you sacrifice any mechanical depth for the sake of being intuitive? Let the, you know what I mean? Like let the player figure that shit out. <laughs> somebody will make a YouTube tutorial. <laughs> and so, and so it, if for somebody like, you know, like, for somebody like me, I really appreciate it because, like, in a way, I almost always want to get more in the trenches about shit. Like, every, you know what I mean? Like, every every other game like this, I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like, XCOM, I guess, is, like, is a good example. And XCOM is still a good game or whatever. But compared to Battletech, I really feel the difference in the way that these two games allow you to customize your characters because not only do you have different types of guns you have different like calibers with different ranges you know what i mean and different slots on the different kinds of and it's just like all of this stuff and like navigating this insanely thorough web is just so gratifying <laughs> like is, is 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 there a good like what i want is like a few more rollover tool tips is there like a reason like again i have only played the opening mission but like there's like your health bar, and then there's, like, what looks like a second health bar, and then there's, yeah, like, the, so there's the three... yellow one that's, like, your armor or something. And... Yeah, so, there, so there's, like, there's like four bars. Um, so the first bar is your structure, right, which is, like, the internal mechanisms and shit. When, that starts white when it is being protected by armor, and when it gets, like, chunked through, it turns into orange, and that's when you're going to have to, like, make real repairs. Um, and then you have another big bar, which is your armor, right? But your armor corresponds to the different limbs and shit you know what i mean and so like if you get hit in the left arm and then get hit in the right arm right you you wouldn't take the same amount of damage where if you get hit on the left arm twice right. and like you can like blow up your left arm can like blow up but you can still like function and shit um and then under that is heat because which is like an offensive sort of thing where like if you're using certain weapons too often you will like overheat yourself and like fuck yourself up uh, and then under that is um like balance maybe is what it's called i mean really what happens is like there's a couple of things and depending on how much damage you take or like what kind of like if you get hit with a whole bunch of missiles you'll see yourself kind of jostling or whatever and the more you jostle the more quote-unquote unsteady you become um and then once you fill up all two, once you fill up two of those bars you're unsteady and like you lose evasion or something like that and then once you fill up more of those bars um you become you get knocked down entirely and you fall over are, are those the yellow ones that fill up from the center? There's, there's a bar. Yeah, I don't there's, remember. There's there, a bar the, that's like the, the, like three or four segments that like they start to the center and it grows outwards. Once it fills, the next one starts filling. Um, I thought that was some like armor thing. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong I, about that. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's stability or whatever. Is it's is, in this is there like a good thing to read? Like I don't mind putting in the work to read about it. I just don't know where to actually find. Have it. Have you gotten to the ship yet? Um, no. I. I okay. 
It, all of this stuff comes with the ship. Okay. Um, essentially, okay. Uh, the sh once you are introduced to the ship, um, you will get a um, uh, you'll get a bunch of different guys, kind of like in StarCraft Two, where like you have a couple of different people in a couple different sections of the ship, and you could talk to those people, and they will offer you tutorials. And I saw that, and I was like, oh, thank God! And I read through all of the tutorials, okay. and it took like an hour. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. Um. So, question for you: What do you think of them opening with like the end? Uh because like the the the, the first cutscene is 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 the uh, is is the is the I guess the newly minted queen being like you're a hero, whether or not you believe it or not. What do I think? I don't know. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's fine. Okay. It's fine, I guess. Um, uh, any, any, anything else you want to talk about with with that game? Or, uh, boy, I don't know. I'm sure I will have more to talk. I plan on playing it a whole bunch. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I've been trying to chew through the rest of, of Far Cry. I've kind of gotten to that point where Far Cry gets tedious a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I feel and I'm that. kind of just, like, grinding to, like, up my RP or whatever to, like, trigger these dumb story missions. Well, what order did you do the children in? So I did them in the opposite order that you did. Or not the opposite order, but I did them in a different order because you went for Jacob first, and I was like, oh, well, I'll save the best for last kind of thing, uh, which turned out to be dumb. Um, so I did John first, then Faith, then Jacob. How many um, How many pips of Jacob have you done? The first two. Okay. No, I'm sorry. Well, like, there's the initial pip, and then there's, like, the first pip you earn, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have done those, those two... Uh, so far, I haven't done the second or th the the third final okay. tip. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I'm I'm interested to see what, you, what what you think of it. And I don't know, maybe I would have thought differently if I did it in different order. But I I really enjoyed Jacob's stuff. Yeah, I like Jacob. Uh, Jacob, I I have faith is maybe the most interesting. I, I, John kind of didn't really do it for me. Yeah, I I um, I, I didn't really like John at all and it just didn't John, John was his. kind of a swing and a miss I think like I kind of get what they were going for but I don't really think that they got there uh, Faith yeah. I get what they were going for and I was like oh like this is actually kind of you know uh, <sighs> clever is the wrong word but um, it's kind of clever you know like what I liked about Faith is that it was it was structured so differently than with John uh, like all of John's missions were kind of the same um, whereas Faith's missions, I mean, some of them were barely even missions. They were just kind of like small little cutscenes that kind of yeah, like yeah. play out or whatever. But I think that it, it like made sense in the context of kind of like who she is and what she like represented in, in terms of like the cult. Like, I think it kind of would have been, uh, you know, if it was like a dog fight, you know, in, in, with a plane or whatever, like it was with John or whatever, that would have felt like a cop out and having all of her shit be kind of like ethereal, uh, was not though I will say that the boss fight with her was fucking horse shit um, for very bad kind of like technical reasons that I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, well let's talk about that in in, in the episode. Um, um. So so yeah. All right. Um. Well, if you're done, I want you to my stuff. Okay. Um, do it. Hit me. Also, play. I'm, I'm going to go from like fastest to longest. So, also put a little bit of Battle Cry, uh, BattleTech rather. Um, like I said, just before this, played one match of Radical Heights. Um, it's no like, way. <laughs> um, that game is neat, and I would play more of it. Um, 
if I could get people to do it just because it's like, it's goofy and I enjoy it from its goofy perspective. Like it wouldn't replace PUBG for me, but I definitely enjoyed the kind of like, whoa, whoa, wow, let's play America's new favorite game show, Radical Heights. And just like that kind of attitude and that kind of like gameplay scratched different for me than PUBG. Um, uh, but the real thing I've been playing on, uh, I played it to completion is uh, Dad of Boy, um, oh boy. also known as God of War. Um, I love that game. Uh, it is so good. Um, again, another game that, or another piece of media I think that is greater than the sum of its parts. I think that it's got a lot of, it's got some flaws. Um, not the least of which is kind of like the story kind of is like the individual characters are great. And like the different things that like the different arcs within the story are cool and awesome and make a lot of sense. The overall story is literally you're trying to climb to the top of a mountain to scatter your mother slash dead wife's ashes. Um, and like they, like at some point, like you, I took a step back and be like, this is a, a lot to do that. Um, um, and obviously there's some bigger stuff around it. Um, it ends earlier than I thought it would, which is cool. Cause like, there's very clearly room for like exactly one sequel in there. Um, uh, it's, it's, there are some really excellent moments. The combat's good. All right. The combat, the combat looks super fun. Like throwing the yeah. axe and pulling it back. Oh yeah. Um, uh, are you, are you going to play this game at all? No. I mean, I, it, it's not coming to PC, right? Yeah, like, no. It's, it's going to be a, a Sony thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm probably never going to play All this right. Game. Then I'm going to take some opportunity to kind of like talk about some more deeper stuff. Uh, yeah, hit me. Um, and I'm also going to, warning for people at home, spoilers for God of War. Um, uh, just a couple of big moments that I really wanted to talk about. Um, first there's a moment where, so big part of the storyline is Kratos is obviously the God of War from Sparta. He fucked up Sparta. Um, and kind of in the way that like BVS looks back at man of steel and it's like those things that we didn't really address in man of steel are problems that we just in BVS, you know, Batman destroying metropolis or not Batman, Superman destroying metropolis. Yeah. Um, you know, God of war, I don't think takes a long like the I, I haven't really played a lot of the previous games so things with great stall but it, it doesn't really like paint kratos as like kind of like a terrible person but this this game does right like and he's he's very obviously running from it and he tries to conceal as much of it as he can from from atreus his uh his son um and uh the, you go through like i went through like 15 or 20 hours of this game with the axe and then uh atreus gets sick and you have to go to hell to like kill the bridge keeper, but your ass fox is like it's cold down there. Everything there is cold. Your your axe isn't gonna do anything. And, and I'm like, oh. And he goes back to his house and he gets his old blades. And oh shit! Like there's it's this amazing moment and like it adds like this whole layer of new mechanics because you've got a second weapon all of a sudden and it's so good. It is so good because you just like launch these like it's it's such a different weapon too and it plays so differently and it's it's so much fun. Um, on top of that, there's also like, um, mixing, mixing and matching of equipments. Like I would say light RPG elements, but there's a ton of stuff and like, it really can influence the way you play. Like I went, um, ultimately for like a high runic build, which meant that like my special moves, um, were very powerful, but at kind of at the expense of like my, my standard kind of bread and butter moves, which I thought, like, I thought that that customizability was really fun. Um, I ended up grinding a little bit, um, to get stuff. Um, not that it necessarily like. I ended up repeating a bunch of content, but like there's a challenge round, which is Muspelheim and there's a 
uh, kind of like an infinite mode, which is Niflheim, where you go and you try and collect stuff before you run out of time, basically, um, that you can extend in various ways. Um, so there's really cool depths of systems. Um, there's some really uh, great, like, uh, 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 like optional bosses, which in the form of these Valkyries, which have their own story. And I think they're supposed to be the majority of the, the post-game content. Um, but I, I did it before I hit the post game because I'm crazy like that. Um, there are these two, there's your, your blacksmiths are, uh, these two characters, Brock and Sindri, um, which are really, uh, uh, really like, like entertaining characters. They're, they're pretty funny. You, uh, oh, there's just so, there's so much in this game that I, that I love. Like, um, Freya, uh, so, um, one of the big things is is if you know more Norse mythology, you can figure out some of the stuff that's happening, right? There, the guy who who shows up initially and fucks your shit up, and you get into a fight with, um, who can't feel any pain. Um, you, if you know Norse mythology, you know it's Balder. You find that out a little bit later. Um, you find out another one of the characters is Freya, um, and then you also find out that Balder is the son of Frigg, um, and in Norse mythology, they are separate characters, Frigg and Freya, um. You find out later that in the God of War universe, Freya and Frigg are the same characters. Frigg is like a nickname that Odin gave to Freya um, as kind of like a pet name because they were married and they they, they split up. Um, honestly, the gods are dicks in this game in, in, a, lot, in a lot of ways. It's it's like, you know, it's really contrasts like the Marvel movies, right? Like, because like Thor's an asshole and he murders people. Um, everybody's kind of an asshole. You don't really see Thor. Uh, but you, but like you, they keep talking about how like how much of an asshole uh, Thor is. Yeah, I'm actually um, kind of surprised by that because like Thor, like how do you even do Thor outside of the context of like the MCU? Like he's such a gigantic character as like the superhero that I kind of feel like if I was the God of War people, I would be like, let's just not worry about it. <laughs> no, they they went hard on like he is an irredeemable asshole that just murders the fuck out of people. Wow. That's, um, wow. Um, and his hammer is a tool of mass destruction that was forged by the people, like, by the two dwarves who, like, th th these two dwarves, like, at the beginning of the game, they're not talking to each other. Um, and they're just, like, they, they like, can't deal with each other anymore. And it's eventually revealed it's because they made the hammer of Thor and it brought so much destruction uh, that they just couldn't, like, deal with each other mm -hmm. anymore. And you eventually reconcile them, but that's um, a later thing. Um uh, but yeah, what was, oh, so, um, it comes out that Freya, that Frigg is a name that Odin gave, Frigg is a pet name that Odin gave to Freya, um, but eventually when he, when he, like, starts being, like, this, like, manipulative asshole that he is through the entire game, um, even though you never see him, he just kind of, like, you, you just read kind of, like, the results of him being, like, this, like, paranoid, controlling, like, crazy motherfucker, um, whenever Freya does something that's worthy of praise, he attributes it to Frigg. And so kind of, like, the trick that he pulls is that, like, they're kind of, like, even though they're the same person, like, conceptually, they're separate, which is really cool because in, like, real-world history, right, Frigg and Freya probably grew from the same goddess in, like, Germanic history. Like, there's no Freya in Germanic uh, paganism, I guess is, is the right word, but they are, they're separate in, like, the Norse mythology. Um, and so, like, that's kind of, like, a, a real neat real world connection and this makes sense because you find like about before you find this out one of the guys gives you myth or mistletoe uh arrows which if you know like i said i'm like i know who balder is balder so the story with balder is immune to all um 
all pain and damage um, in the original Norse mythology because Freya gets everything to promise that they won't hurt Baldur, um, uh, or Frigg does, rather, um, except for the mistletoe. She doesn't get the mistletoe to promise it. Um, and Baldur getting killed by mistletoe signals the beginning of Ragnarok. Um, so you get these mistletoe arrows, and I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Um, and then you go back to the to Freya, and Freya sees the arrows and is like, no, you need to get rid of these. And she like throws them in the fire. Um, it's like, burn any mistletoe you see. And, he's, and she's like, oh, oh, okay, what? Um, but like through some other circumstances, you still have like one arrowhead left. And you end up killing Balder, and that's like, and like it sets up Ragnarok. Um, also, so the, the big reveal at the end of the game that I thought was super well done is you're climbing this mountain and you, and, and, uh, you, you, you make it to, um, you make it to the top of the mountain, like early in the game, you make it to the top of the, or midway through the game, you make it to the mountain. Um, and there's Mimir and he's in a tree and you cut off his head and he advises you kind of like he does in the North mythology, but you're like, top of this mountain. He's like, all right, it's time to scatter the ashes. Like, well, technically Jotunheim, the top of Jotunheim is a taller mountain. Turns out Jotunheim's locked behind some bullshit. You do the rest of the quest to get Jotunheim open. And as you're climbing Jotunheim, um, you're go you're going through and you're reading like these these things on the wall. And it turns out that like, um, it turns out that uh, uh, Freya, or rather that um, Freya or your your wife Faye, um, was actually, um, was actually a giant. Um, and so your kid's half giant, half god. Oh, okay. Wow. And, is the, and, is, is, and so, and he's reading it and he's like, so dead you know one thing that's weird is that like and you see you see this um this this wall painting that kind of predicts kratos and atreus doing all this stuff right um and it's all this runes and the boys the only one that can read runes and so like you're just getting everything secondhand through him and so you see this portrait that kind of lays out what's going to happen and it's pretty cool um and then they're, they're talking about it and and and, and uh, atreus says one thing is that in in the painting they don't call me atreus they use a different name. They call me Loki. And it's oh, like, shit. oh, you know, it's just like, holy shit. Like, it was like mind blown moment. So good. So good. I am so hype for the sequel. It is just so well done. Um, highly recommend this game to anybody uh, who's played it. Um, uh, or, or anybody who's, uh, 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 who, who has a PS4. It is, I, I am just so in love with the game. I'm, I'm, I like that, I like that you've recommended it. Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I mean I, I really just wanted to talk about it because I, I you know um yeah. uh I'm gonna put markers in the in the description for this uh because it, it's there's it's like I just spoiled everything but it's it's too good uh oh it, it's, it's the challenges there it's 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 magnificent um and like I said it, it's it's not a perfect game. The combat can get repetitive. Some of the animations, um, like there's like one unique kind of like, um, if you fill up like their grab bar, you can grab them. There's one unique animation for each character and they can get tiring because some of them are a little bit too long. Um, uh, uh, I think on normal, it starts out about right, but you can like quickly like overpower yourself and it gets too easy by the end. Um, so I would switch to hard at some point, but you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a really great game, and I had a ton of I had a blast with it, and I am super looking forward to the to the uh, to to the sequel. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, that was that was my week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, not to talk too much about like consoles and like exclusivity and stuff like that, but I I do kind of feel like it sucks 
uh, that I that I won't be playing this game anytime soon because it comes out exclusively on the PS4. Yeah, um, I, I I agree. It's just kind of like <sighs> that's it. I don't know. It it does suck. But I don't, I don't it's know the world. Else. It's kind of the, you know it's it's the world we live in, and I'm sure yeah. for console players, you know what I mean. Like console players can't play BattleTech or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and not everybody can afford a gaming PC that's powerful enough to run Far Cry, you know, five and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, there there was a great post that was like Xbox players be like, and it's a picture of the Skyrim character creator with a Nord with a beard and a red tattoo over his face. Um. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, it was, it's, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's like, like it's games like that, that like give me a lot of faith for like the industry as a whole. Cause this is a single player game. I don't think there's any real plan DLC. There's no microtransactions. It's a solid self-contained story. It's, you know, 20 to 30 hours core game, 40 to 50 completionist. I think this is like, I don't want to call it a perfect game but it's 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 um i don't know the super the 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 dad and sons podcast was talking about how like this game is beginning 10 out of 10s does do games really deserve 10 out of 10s does it really push everything in um uh and you know analysis of of gaming scores aside i think that this game is a solid contender for game of the year out of the gate oof Um, already four months in boys um and I don't know. It's going to be hard to be as kind of like a best generalist game, if that makes sense. Um, there's just so much that works for it. And, and, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected it, but it's, it, it just capture, it, it, it captured my heart. Uh, I don't know. That's, 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 that's the most Fuck, we got yeah. five minutes it's, left. Yeah, what do you yeah. want to talk about? Uh, um, oh, I had to think about something. Oh, never mind. Um, I, I, I had a thing to ask you about WoW. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Um, just because, like, I know this is a big controversy. What do you think of the pending GCD changes? I think they're very good. Oh, man. I think everybody who doesn't like them are dumb and wrong. Uh, so, Ian uh, Hosekostas, Watcher, who is the head of... Um, he is, like, the new ghost crawler for for the wow team has basically said that the GCD changes are there um, because when... when um, uh, so, to give everybody a, a rundown, there's something called the global cooldown in World of Warcraft, right? When I use an ability, um, there is a cooldown on all of my abilities of about 1.5 seconds, so that decreases with haste. Um, down to about one second. And it's there to kind of give, wow, like a rhythmic kind of play or whatever. Like, you use an ability, and then you have to wait, and then you use an ability, and then you have to wait, and then you use the ability, and then you have to wait kind of thing. Like, that's how, like, rotations are defined and sort of spread out um, over some time. But there are some moves that are not on the GCD, right? And for a long time, those moves have been things like cooldowns, right, which are uh, big boosts uh, either offensively or defensively, right, like that increase your damage or increase your survivability, right? Um, They are off the GCD, um, so you can hit, so even if you're in the middle of, you know what I mean, like even if you're in the middle of a boss fight, you can hit that, you know, whenever, drop of a hat kind of thing. Um, Interrupts are off the GCD, um, uh, and movement abilities uh, a lot of the times are off the GCD. Things like uh, Infernal Strike or Heroic Leap um, are off the GCD. And in uh, Battle for Azeroth, they have added a whole bunch of these sorts of 
of abilities back to the global cooldown and the fucking community is rioting about it. But here's what the, the and, and then and Ian Hazakostas got in there and he basically explained why they made the change. And the reason they made the change is very good. They basically said that wow, when you break it down to its kind of like most fundamental second to second parts is about decision making on a second to second level, right? Um, where sometimes that decision-making isn't quite decision-making because you're executing on a rotation or whatever, uh, but it should always be a question of what button are you hitting next sort of thing, right? And there are definitely times when in WoW, you know, like, and you're moving through your rotation, but you can't afford to hit whatever that button is because you have to move out of fire or you have to, you know what I mean, uh, uh, you have to reposition uh, in order to dodge a, a, a skill shot from a boss or something along those lines, right? Like, And so WoW is kind of constantly testing that, like, second-to-second decision-making that gets made. Um, and when things are off the GCD, right, you no longer have an, a, a quote-unquote or relationship between the use of two abilities, right? You have an and relationship, which is to say that, like, for offensive cooldowns in particular, right, when all of your offensive cooldowns are, are off the gcd all you you never have to make a choice of okay well do i use this damaging ability or do i pop a cooldown to make that damaging ability more powerful right what typically happens is you hit all of your cooldowns at the exact same time right which because they have a multiplicative effect with one another right if i am increasing my crit by 100 and i'm also leaving behind a 30 percent bleed for all of the damage that i'm dealing well the damage that i'm dealing is going to be higher because i'm critting and so therefore that bleed is going to be higher you know what i mean so like there's an incentive to stack all of these cooldowns or whatever and what most people do is they create what's called a burst macro which is a, a macro where you hit one button and it fires all of your abilities off at the exact same time because because they're all off the GCD and you can hit them all kind of quote unquote instantaneously, right? You can tell the game to hit them instantaneously sort of thing. When you pull that stuff off of, or when you put that stuff back on the GCD, all of a sudden it is now a choice again, right? Um, what you want to do because for 1.5 seconds, you are going to be dealing no damage, right? You are create, you are using an ability that empowers your damage going forward rather than using an ability that deals damage in and of itself, right? Um, and so one thing this does is it decreases that multiplicative effect and levels that out um, because if you hit four cooldowns in a row well your first cool and, and your gcd is 1.5 seconds your first cooldown doesn't trigger until your until six seconds after you hit it which is inefficient and bad so if you still want to stack your cooldowns you can or whatever right and most cooldowns don't come with like their own damaging ability they do something that buffs you in a powerful way for a short period of time um so you can't do a thing where you hit a burst macro and then hit mortal strike and you get the full duration on all of those buffs if you want to stack them you are sacrificing duration on on the buffs um in order to stack them all together uh, and then the second thing it, you do is it causes you to kind of like make snap decisions about when is the appropriate time to use these cooldowns in the middle of a fight. Um, the reason that this is important is because uh, you need there are there are times in a fight where you don't necessarily get the break for damage, if that makes sense. Um, and what ends up happening is you 
like uh, you need to like push into the next phase right and so if you need to do that sort of thing maybe you're not going to get the full duration on battle cry or whatever your other offensive cooldown is going to be and that could be a problem for you do you see what i'm saying yeah no I, I, absolutely so anyway just the, when when ian laid out that logic and why he wants stuff on the gcd uh i very much agreed with him i think people who are complaining about it are um honestly they're mad because something is being taken away from them they're kind of they th this is a pretty fundamental part of the game it's been a fundamental part of the game for you know, more than five years at this point um and that is not so it's not uh, so great yeah um if i if i'm gonna be a little bit more um what's the word i'm gonna look for uh generous to the people that are complaining i think it is what it is is that they've been playing this way and like it wasn't kind of like like up until now there hasn't been an explicit signal that like like because you, you keep playing you know on, on the off people who've been playing on servers keep playing their characters in the same way that they've been playing them and like there's been no explicit signal that you're supposed to change how you drop your cooldowns i guess um i think with time people will figure out well to just don't stack your cooldowns um uh and i i think that that's just a thing that takes time and, and that the it, it, I will get. I, I think the the real thing is that it feels bad to play these characters in the same way that you have been playing them previously, um, and I think that that is a thing that is correct. It's just that the answer to that question is you need to play your character differently rather than something needs to to change. Um, yeah. No. I I I I had seen that logic before. In made the the post. I I, I agree with him. I guess, um, not that I am super competitive into any of it, but, you know, it, it seems neat. Um, I just wanted your take since you are the long-running Warrior player, and I believe that Warriors are, are hit the hardest kind of by this change, Yeah, right? Warriors are hit the hardest, and they have done some stuff to kind of um, make up for uh, what, what happens for Warriors. Um, so, you know, yeah. Um, do, the, the buffs on the GCD, do they trigger at the start of the move activation, or, like... Because it, it would feel weird if, like, you hit the button and then you had to wait a second. Like, you, you, you automatically lose a second off your buff? Yeah, you automatically lose a second off your butt buff. Okay. Um, all right. <sighs> I, guess, I guess that's fine if, if that's uh, doable. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, something that they did is they increased the duration by a second and a half or two seconds uh, to kind of compensate. So, like, Battle Cry went from a five-second duration to a seven-second duration. Because okay. technically you're going to hit Battle Cry and miss out the first GCD of it. Um, and, uh, and, I, and, you know, and, and that stuff is... What, what, what they have done is that for another one of the cooldowns, they have added upfront damage to it. Which is, like, it is now a strike that leaves behind a bleed. So it is not, like... You're hitting Battle Cry and then you're hitting Bloodbath and um, and you're not doing anything for three seconds. You're hitting Battle Cry and then you're hitting Bloodbath and Bloodbath does some damage um, uh, and like at least capitalizes a bit yeah. on on that Battle Cry. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think that's everything I had, buddy. Did you want, did you want to talk about anything else before? I, I am I am not looking to talk about anything else. Uh, um, well. In, in that case... I, I want to complain about one more thing about Infinity okay. War. Okay. Uh, the last thing I want to complain about is that Nanite suit... Nanite's Iron Man is dumb and bad and wrong. And also so is fucking, like, Iron Spider, Spider-Man suit. Those are both bad and stupid, and I don't like them. Oh, you... Oh, you. <laughs> uh, I, I will just respond by saying, like, I didn't... I don't care about Nanite Iron Man suit, and I think that Iron Spider was cool. Um, maybe we'll get into this more next week. 
Uh, I, I, there's a lot more I could complain about about this movie. I feel like it's you know you know what this actually kind of reminds me of is um uh is the Dark Knight Rises, which is a movie that I actually kind of like. Like I kind of like the Dark Knight Rises more than most people do. Um, but I found myself coming out of the theater only wanting to complain about it. Like yeah, sure, there's stuff in Infinity War that's good, and it's better than I'm giving it kind of credit for. But none of the stuff I want to talk about is is the stuff it does right. You know what I mean? All this stuff I want to talk about is this shit that gets on my nerves. Fair enough. Well, if you want to tell us what gets on your nerves, you can email us at podcast.sumderfsplaygames.com or sumderfsplaygames at gmail.com. You can uh, uh, you can follow us at twitch.tv.sumderfsplaygames. Uh, we haven't been active on there in a little while. Hopefully, we'll get one of our games up there soon. Um, uh, you can follow us. You can rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, do all the good stuff. We love all of it. Um, I think that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything else you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.